Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. I'm rolling solo again today. I mean, which is perfect, I guess, for all the Taylor talk that's about to happen because it's about being (laughs) alone (laughs) and single. I also feel like low-key, like I'm on drugs, but I'm not on drugs. Um, I've been up since 6.30 this morning, which is like really when I get up, but usually I'm not like dancing in my kitchen. So we'll get to all of that. But first, wanted to go over a couple other notes, especially for any of you who are less interested in Taylor. But I feel like even if you're not into Taylor, you should like maybe you'll be into Taylor. I don't know. Anyway, I did drop a a Harry Styles mini up earlier this week. If If that's something that interests you about going on tour, I realized in that different frenzied state, how many things I didn't even talk about, like Mitch and Sarah and Polly and the band and how his little dancey dance moves are like the cutest thing in the world and how they play feels like the first time in Eternals during that post credit sequence. Um, and that made me almost want to crawl out of my skin in in a movie theater. But, you know, it is what it is. But like I said, we're, we're bookending the week. It's it's Haler week. At We Have Notes. So we start with Harry. We end with Taylor, though the Taylor will have some Harry mentions, too. Um, But a few other notes before we get to Red Taylor's version. Honestly, I'm like surprised I can even speak right now. So forgive me if I'm more insane than usual. Uh, But anyway, okay. so many people have asked me about Pete and Kim. I have completely disengaged from this nonsense that I'm still low-key convinced is a giant troll move. Like, Pete is a hard no from me. Always has been. Comedically, comedically, aesthetically, um, and in every other way. Like, nope, 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 nope. Um, To use Taylor's words, because, like, why not just bring her up whenever I can, um, I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative, one that I never asked to be a part of. And that's my final statement on that matter. Um, I will be putting this in the newsletter, but do yourself a favor and find the clips online of Jamie Dornan singing Everlasting Love at the premiere of Belfast, a movie that I was actually already very excited to see. Uh, My friend Carrie Bialik, who has been on this podcast, if you go back and listen to old episodes, which I think would be kind of fun. They're not, none of them are so like timestamped that they, they will feel dated if you're new. I don't know. That might be fun. Anyway, Jamie Dornan is in Belfast. Um, Carrie Bialik, who who we talked about Jamie when she was on the podcast because we were talking about Barb and Star and his range because he can be like a serial killer and also like a goof and how he's really funny. And then I was like, should I start a Jamie Dornan stan account? Anyway, she sends me this clip from from the premiere party where he is singing and Let's just say that like pre 9 a.m. That was like a lot to handle. Um, yeah, I, I just I was like, wow, he there he can do everything. And. I was like, help, I want one of those things to be me. Like, you know, it was it was a lot of that in the morning. It's it's so charming. I, I can't it's look, look it up. It'll make your day better. Um, I also thought I figured I'd talk a little bit about things I'm watching, have watched. Outside of kind of my regulars. Um, The second season of The Babysitter's Club is as delightful and wonderful as the first. It's on Netflix. I feel like a lot of you are probably Babysitter's Club people. So if you haven't checked out the show, like because you think you're 
too old for it or what? No. Or you're like, ugh, Alicia Silverstone's the mom. She's like my peer. Fine. It doesn't matter. The show is so good. Um, and I'm going to be moderating a panel about, uh, about it with some people involved in the show at the Jane Club coming up. So I'm really excited about that. I have also been watching I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is like a pretty flawed show that's on Amazon. It's, you know, the story is like based on the this the same novel that the that the 90s movies were it's flawed but it's intriguing and it's entertaining and i'm into it and the lead actress on it i think is very good um i'm watching winter house on bravo because that's the summer house and southern charm and then like some new people in stowe vermont for like a couple weeks because you know i love drunk idiots making terrible decisions and that can be in the sun and in the snow. And it is not disappointing so far. It's really fun and ridiculous. Of course, I'm doing all the HBO stuff like Succession, which I talk about all the time. Insecure is back for its final season. Curb is back. The most recent episode made me laugh. I think I'm a good like there was a whole thing about like when you have a dinner party and who you put in the middle and who's a good middler. And I think I'm a good middler. Like I talk a lot, but like I can keep I can keep the conversation moving as described like a point guard. Um, I just I mean, I love Larry David, like it just makes me laugh always. Of course, that's not a unpopular opinion or anything. Real on the Real Housewives front, um, Salt Lake City, I am that that footage in the van in the beauty lab and laser or whatever it's called parking lot when the feds came for Jen Shaw and then they just like left the cameras running and then we saw pretty much raw footage of the other women like realizing what's happening that was that was some incredible work bravo like thank you um Lisa Barla who I do not like She's so annoying on the show. I mean, she's a good character. But anyway, she's annoying. But she's good for her for knowing that nobody should try to call that alleged felon. Um, Really, I just love real-time raw footage. And I guess we haven't really talked about the Bev Hills reunion. I mean, it was four parts. There were some good parts. Um, I, you know, as far as the whole Erica Jane goes, Erica Jane, if it all goes, she's an asshole. And I think she didn't, she she played the wrong hand all season and I'm kind of fine if she just needs to be gone now. Like if she gave us a great season with all her legal drama, but like, I think we, we might've like the well might be dry. Cause if she's just going to get angry and yell at people, like uh, I'm not interested. Um, today we also got the, and just like that teaser trailer, like there's a lot going on today. Um, so Carrie Bradshaw and the gang will be back December 9th. We finally got a date, too. So that's coming December 9th. And then one other thing I was going to say, and I will probably put this in the newsletter, too, but um, my new favorite Instagram follow is at LostJCrew. Um, do that. That's another. You can thank me later. It's like revisiting the J Crew catalogs of my high school and college years, which is a thing I did not know I needed and desperately needed. And I want every single thing. Like, I'm like, oh my God, we were so cool. Our outfits were styled amazingly. J Crew was dope. Um, so yeah, that's, those are my non-Swiftian notes. I will be right back to dive into the latest from the one, the only Taylor Allison Swift.
Okay, so I am back to talk about Taylor. And I have taken copious notes and been thinking about this since I woke up this morning. I did, I stayed up last night. So I, I only let myself do the all too well 10 minute version. And then I like had to go to sleep because if I started listening to the whole album, I just, I couldn't. So been up since like 6.30, immediately just put on the music. Did the all too well again. Cry. I mean, cried. There's been so much crying, so much crying. But I have tried to jot down some notes. And for those of you who are fans, hopefully we're just like celebrating this together. And if you're a more casual fan, maybe you would like to hear what a psychotic fan sounds like today. Um, It's a lot. So for any background, like why people, if you don't understand why this is all happening, um, I think I've talked about this a little bit, but we'll just briefly. Um, So Taylor Swift's older albums, she does not own the masters too. She, you know, she writes all her own music and I mean, she has co-writers sometimes, but you know, this is, she's like the full package. And as she talked about, she, she did Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers last night, but um, she kind of talked about why. And she, you know, and a lot of people in the music industry don't own their own music people. You would be surprised. So anyway, she had wanted to buy her masters. She wasn't allowed to buy her masters. They were sold out from under her. And so she was like, okay, fuck you. I'll just re-record everything so that when that gets licensed or played or whatever, like people will play my version. So whenever you see the parentheses Taylor's version, that's music she now owns. And so also, I would say this is a re- just a shout out to like, I already did this because I'm psychotic, like going through and changing out your playlists for anything that you do have um, older songs. Uh, if she's done, you know, her like fearless Taylor's version and um, red Taylor's version, like swapping out the songs for her version on any of your playlists or your liked songs. Like I unliked all the original reds and just liked all the Taylor's version and then switched them all out on any playlists. So there's your reminder for that. But a little so so Red is the latest album that she is re-releasing. She's not doing these in chronological order. So it's fun and games. She loves to be in her fandom in a way. Um, and she talks about like she listens to complaints, theories, loves. You should have done this as a single you shouldn't have done this as a single. We wanted a music video for that. You know, all these different things. She likes being a part of it and she likes helping to create the mania of the Easter eggs and the theories and all the stuff. She's super into it. And I was saying to one of my friends, like if we're just going to keep on the halo of it all, like that's like the opposite of Harry Styles. So um, I need that balance, that like yin and yang in my like fan life. Like it's, it's, it really works for me. So Red is um, Taylor's fourth studio album. It was originally released in October 2012. So it's like almost a decade old. Um, I remember when, oh my God, I remember when, I didn't even mean that, but I remember when the first single came out and the first single was We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together and it came out in like August of that year. And it was like coming up on New York Fashion Week. I was the digital editorial director at Marie Claire at the time. and. God, we listened to it all the time. And then when the album came out, like it, we were all so obsessed with it. My, my friends, my team, that was like the best. Oh, I had the best team. Um, and we were really close and, and, and musically aligned. 
And it was such a good time in my life. And I have such great memories of those people and that moment and how much we loved it together. And when my friend Robin Del Monte was on the pod and we were talking about Taylor, we were talking about that, how these these albums just like transport you back to that time. And, you know, like my mom was still alive and I hadn't gone through like the same amount of stuff, you know, like it's nine years of life that, that, um, we hadn't lived yet. And I, it also like helped me tackle and start healing the pain of like a long ago, big breakup that I had never fully like addressed, I think, and frankly still feel really deeply, which is why I'm everyone's so emotional today. Cause they're back in some old feelings. But, um, as I said on TikTok, because yes, I have started making TikToks and reels. Like, I don't know. I might be off my rocker, but I'm going to throw some stuff against the wall and see what sticks. My friend Robin also inspired me on that front. She is like a breakout, like real deal, massive star on TikTok. And I, I don't know, maybe it's going to be more reels. Maybe that's more my gen. I just think there's like a Gen X space to find somewhere. But as I said this morning, um, there's a very specific pain for like Gen X and elder millennial Swifties because, and we felt it in 2012 and we're feeling it again now, is the like, where was this album when I needed it when I was in my 20s? Because I really could have used it. There, the parallels between the main relationship that Taylor's talking about the and that's the Jake Gyllenhaal relationship and the relationship I had then is, uh, they are not lost on me. And they make me feel a lot of feelings. Um, but yeah, so Taylor's been out like doing all the promo. Like I said, she did Fallon and Seth and she played that box of lies game with Jimmy. And I mean, if you didn't know she was going to pick the number one box and then the number three box, like you're not a Swifty. Um, 13 is Taylor's favorite number. It shows up everywhere. She also revealed that she's going to be doing the 10 minute all too well on SNL. And I might die. Uh, more on that song in a minute. She also basically wore the Princess Diana revenge dress on Seth. Incredible. Again, never not doing the most, but in a fantastic way. Um, and, she, you know, I just love how she loves to get weird and get crazy because obviously I do. And it makes me really happy. So well, let's let's get into the songs and then and then we can talk a little more. OK, so all too well is my favorite Taylor Swift song. And this album was like my, before Folklore, this was probably my fully complete like favorite album. Um, there, it's, 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 a, it's a fantastic album before the re-record. Um, so All Too Well is my favorite song. It's, I mean, a lot of critics would put it as Taylor's best song. I think it's an example of some of her most incredible writing. I think her writing, even when people are like, I don't really like Taylor Swift, they'll, they'll be like, oh, she's a good songwriter though. And she is. She's a masterful fucking songwriter. She, her grasp on the language is out of this world. I would murder to be like a fraction of the writer that she is. Um, the way her brain works is absolutely magnificent. And I am not like even the slightest bit embarrassed to make that statement. So Red is famously, as I mentioned, like the Jake Gyllenhaal album. Um, there are some other people thrown in to the mix. There's a little Harry. There's a little Connor Kennedy. Some would say there's a little Eddie Redmayne. I, you know, all of this is like up for debate, but not really the Jake part. Um, 
it it's mostly most of the songs are Jake, but I'll I'll talk about some of the other ones later. But this is the most famous one. Um, and as a friend and I were discussing at like seven a.m., does he secretly love it? I bet he does a little bit. Um, uh, but he said he should also like basically enter witness protection because we've got new verses and new lyrics in this ten minute version, and whew, they are not kind to him. So Taylor has talked about this. This 10 minute version has always existed. It's actually really the original version of the song and she cut it down for the album. So this is, as she said last night, like this is how she thinks it should be listened to and played. And it is a masterpiece and we're not going to tear it all up. Um, It's, it's slowed down. There's like some pacing changes that are really incredible. And then obviously we've got, we've got new lyrics and she's releasing a short film at 7 PM Friday, Eastern time on YouTube um, with Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien. She wrote and directed this short film. They just happened to also be the same age difference as Taylor and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, That is not an accident. There's very few things in Taylor Swift's public facing marketing any of that that is an accident so okay let's let's get into some of these lyrics i'm not going to try to sing but these are some of the new lyrics i think the famously it's you know you call me up again just to break me like a promise so casually cruel in the name of being honest i'm a crumpled up piece of paper line here because i remember it all too well these are some of the famous original lyrics um i left my scarf there at your sister's house but you've still got it now in a drawer in a drawer even now uh, dancing around the kitchen and the refrigerator light, you know, uh, this, the scarf was at one point at Maggie Gyllenhaal's house. Um, you know, and it's just the concept of like, I was there. I remember it. Like, I don't like know if you think of it the same way and you probably don't, but I do. I was there. I know what this was and I know how special it was. And I think that that's a highly relatable thing. And this is the song that I really wish I had when I was going through big breakups in my 20s. But the devastating new lyrics are things like, and you were tossing me the car keys, fuck the patriarchy keychain on the ground. We were always skipping town. And I was thinking on the drive down anytime now, he's going to say it's love. You never called it what it was till we were dead and gone and buried. Check the pulse and come back swearing it's the same after three months in the grave. And then you wondered where it went too as I reach for you but all I felt was shame and you held my lifeless frame like okay Taylor oh my god you know the person that you love and you're you're in love and you're out there on that limb and like they're not saying it but they're acting like it it's it's a lot and it definitely made me cry and then you get into this new part and there we are again when nobody had to know you kept me like a secret and I kept you like an oath. <laughs> Lost my mind. Sacred prayer and we'd swear to remember it all too well. You kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. Is a fucking dagger. There are so many emotional daggers in this song and in this on this album. Oof. We'll get into some of the other new songs because that's, I, I guess I should have mentioned for anyone who doesn't realize. So with these album re-releases, she's also pulling songs from the vault that were written for this album, but didn't 
go on the final product originally. So we'll, we'll get there. Um, then there's this whole third verse of the new all too well. Or I guess it's the old new to us all too well. They say all's well that ends well, but I'm in a new hell. Every time you double cross my mind, you said if we had been closer in age, maybe it would have been fine. And that made me want to die. The idea you had of me, who was she? A never needy, ever lovely jewel whose shine reflects on you? Not weeping in a party bathroom, some actress asking me what happened. You, that's what happened. You. Okay. Like Jake, like fucking run and hide. Then we get into you who charmed my dad with self-effacing jokes, sipping coffee like you're on a late night show. But then he watched me watch the front door all night, willing you to come. And he said, it's supposed to be fun turning 21. Scott Swift. I mean, can't you just see Jake Gyllenhaal like cozying up to dad, like sipping on the coffee doing. But then the all's well that that all's well that ends well. And she's in a she's in a new hell in this song. Well, that kind of gets flipped on Lover. Her album Lover um, and the song Lover that is basically about her current relationship with Joe Alwyn, who we love. And she sings all's well that ends well to end up with you. So it's like the way she pulls like lyrical phrases through her work is is really, really incredible. And it happens from album to album. It's it can happen from song to song on an album and then from album to album. And then there's the fourth verse. And I was never good at telling jokes, but the punchline goes, I'll get older, but your lovers stay my age from when your Brooklyn broke my skin and bones. I'm a soldier who's returning half her weight. And did the twin flame bruise paint you blue? And then just between us, did the love affair maim you too? Because in this city's barren cold, I still remember the first fall of snow and how it glistened as it fell. I remember it all too well. And then she continues to be like, just between us, did the love affair maim you too? Begin Again is another one of my favorite songs on this album. And she talks about meeting someone new after like months of just thinking that um, all love does is break and burn and end. Um, and talks about how it's weird that you think I'm funny because he never did so that whole punchline thing but even though like and also the dagger of like the the lovers staying the same age um but then that the idea of did the love just between us did the love affair maim you too like please tell me it like I'm not the only one who felt this pain like even if you can't say it to anyone else like please tell me I'm not crazy you know and that is so relatable um it's insane but you know in the words that like i wish i could write and so the song the 10 minute version it doesn't feel like you're listening to a song for 10 minutes it's masterful storytelling it's slowed down and and then there's some pacing changes with with some of the new verses and like double bridge and whatever um and the fact that she's going to do this on SNL which she confirmed to Jimmy Fallon is going to be insane i i I'm surprised I didn't cry like reading those lyrics. Like that's that's kind of where I've been with that song. It is, and I would I would suggest um, watching the lyric video. So there's like a lyric video for all of these songs on YouTube, and so you can like see the words on the screen really beautifully, and just you know, it's it's a it's a piece of art. It's a piece of art, um, and I will be right back. 
I'm back. And I could spend the entire episode talking about that 10 minute all too well, but I won't. So let's do a little segment I'll call the Harry of it all. So as I said, Red is really a Jake Gyllenhaal album, but some some Harry creeps in. I mean, people will will go back and forth on whether some of these songs are like this is where I stand. I think we know why. Um, Like I knew you were trouble. There's some debate around it, though. Consensus is Harry. But 1989 is more of the Harry album because that really came out like after their relationship. Um, But there are a couple new songs on Taylor's version of Red that I believe are Harry. And I'm going to stick with that. Again, there's From the Vault songs. So these are songs that were written at the time of Red, but not released on the original album. And so there's one that's called Message in a Bottle that feels to me like it's about her meeting him and being like hypnotized by his bright eyes. And he does have mild freckles. And they showed a little bit more when he was younger. But uh, they're not like as prominent as like I had a friend who was saying like this is definitely Eddie Redmayne because he's so freckly and whatever. Anyway, I'm going with Harry. And not knowing if they're going to see each other again and feeling like a face in the crowd, which to me is like a very like 1D reference. Um, And she says, how is it in London? Like she's sending him a message in a bottle, hoping it gets to him. And like, I feel that Taylor feel that. And she's like, you know, you could be the one that I love. I could be the one that you dream of. It's like it's a bop. It's good. Um, It's not it's not sad. It's like that. It's hopeful and like wondering. Um, I really enjoy the song. Then there's The Very First Night, which is also giving me Harry vibes. This is another new song on Red Taylor's version. There's a lot of driving references in this song, and we see those in other Taylor talking about Harry songs, um, like Style and Out of the Woods on 1989. And then, of course, there's the hilarious um, I've mentioned it before. Conspe- I mean, it's like it's like a joke in the fan. There's a segment of the fandom that like go- that is like Haler stands who also like to try to prove through lyrics and events that happened at the time that Taylor and Harry committed vehicular manslaughter. It's hilarious. If you want to like go on a journey, like people make PowerPoints, there's full TikToks. It was, it really popped back up like uh, um, last year or earlier this year, like around the Grammys when they had talked again. And then like kind of in the pandemic, people got really into it again, even though it wasn't new, it, like dates way back to like Tumblr fandom stuff and whatever. It's, it's fucking hilarious. And like, of course this didn't happen, but the, the when people lay out their evidence, it's not like you'll believe, but you're just like, well done trying to make a case. Um, in the very first night, there's a rec- reference to like the Polaroid picture. Um, this also comes up in Out of the Woods. Um, took a Polaroid of us um, when they discovered the rest of the world was in black and white and they were in screaming color. Out of the Woods is like very much a Harry song. Like there's literal like paper plane references and there's a paper plane necklace. Like he got in this snowmobile accident, got stitches in his chin. Um, Remember when you hit the brakes too soon, 20 stitches in a hospital room when you started crying. I did too. Like that's a very Harry song. So things that like draw to 
parallels to that make me feel like this song is about him too. Um, she also sings I Wish I Could Fly and If I Could Fly is a very wonderful One Direction song that was co-written by Harry Edward Styles. Um, there's a lyric about dance in the kitchen, chase me down the hallway. Harry and Taylor both love a kitchen dancing reference. Obviously, there's one about Jake in um, All Too Well. But Harry, Harry loves a kitchen dance reference too. So it makes me feel like this is a thing that has happened. And so those are, those are the two new songs that I think I'm going to go with Haza on. Okay, now we need to get into, like I said, this album, I have like cried, like literally cried multiple times. I will continue to be crying. I, and this is like the good kind of crying. This is like very cathartic, like reaching deep in your emotional well and like digging up like excavating old stuff and like revisiting old pain and angst which is something that I enjoy and maybe that makes me a fucking insane person probably but um you know so like the first time it's like this is like layering the pain too because you're like thinking about different all these different time periods um so there's another new song it's called nothing new and it's with Phoebe Bridgers. And I also had to make a video about this. The combined power of these two people I knew was going to be um, an enormous amount to take on emotionally. I underestimated. I completely underestimated. This song left me in the middle of my bed openly sobbing. Just thinking about it right now as my eyes misting up um it's like a direct attack on my aging soul okay let me just read some of these lyrics and then you have to listen to their voices together because it's not going to do it the lyrics don't it's it's all of it together right obviously like duh it's a song but like their voices together and oh my god you guys like i was like i'm so glad i still sleep with my blankie because i need my blankie so much Shout out to all you grown-ups who sleep with your blankies. Been doing it forever, never giving it up. Anyone who wants to sleep in my bed has to deal with it. I love my blankie. I also take my blankie to the couch when I need it. It is like home to me. It is literally like a Xanax to me when I put when you put that blankie in between my fingers because I like run my fingers through the edges. It's it's a blank. It's it's a Xanax. It's a drug. Um, it helps me like calm down and calm down. Um, I mean, obviously it's a comfort thing, like that's a dub, but like it really like I think it like changes the chemicals in my brain. Um, anyway, here's some of the lyrics to Nothing New. Taylor Swift featuring Phoebe Bridgers. They tell you while you're young, girls go out and have fun, then they hunt and slay the ones who actually do it. Criticize the way you fly when you're soaring through the sky, shoot you down, and then they sigh and say, She looks like she's been through it. Okay? Yeah, like this is where we're at. Um, then Lord, what will become of me once I've lost my novelty? How can a person know everything at 18, but nothing at 22? The way that is sung is devastating. Um, and will you still want me when I'm nothing new? Okay. Yeah. I mean, and this is like, she talked about this, um, last night and, and she was talking about kind of in the, landscape of the music industry and she was coming into her fourth album and she wasn't the shiny new thing anymore and it's like 
does anybody even care? But I think like the, the, the metaphor, like you can apply it to your own life about getting older and like when you're not the new thing and you're not, society doesn't see you that way or like whether it's the music industry or your industry or your job or any of it, it's, it hits really deep. Um, and then it's, this is, I felt, I felt this like a direct attack, like please report a crime. How long will it be cute all this crying in my room when you can't blame it on my youth and roll your eyes with affection and my cheeks are growing tired from turning red and faking smiles? Are we only buying time till I lose your attention and someone else lights up the room? People love an ingenue. <sighs> like that's just like that's how I felt. When, and then there were just like tears streaming down my face. Um, and then it goes on like, I know I'm going to meet her someday. It's a fever dream. The kind of radiance you have only have at 17. She'll know the way and she'll say she got the map from me. I'll say I'm happy for her. Then I'll cry myself to sleep. Like oof, the idea of like getting replaced professionally or personally or that like somehow you become less than as you get older, which I don't think is true, but I do think like the world can make you feel like that. And it is something like I like rage, rage against the dying of the light that I think about all the time. And it's part of why I get excited to do this podcast and why I was like, you know what? You should just do some fucking TikToks and reels and see if anybody wants to watch them because like who the fuck cares, you know? And not, I mean, sorry to get a little like earnest and deep, but Nope. Who says we're not shiny anymore? We're shiny. That's what I say. So anyway, that song. Good luck. Maybe have a glass of wine when you listen to it. Take a gummy. I don't know. And I know, I mean, I don't think we need to go track by track on, on everything on this album. That seems a little insane. But I also really enjoyed um, the new song, I Bet You Think About Me, with, and that has Chris Stapleton on it, who I really came to learn to enjoy over the summer, thanks to my, my brother and my nephews. We listened to him at the lake, and it was just like amazing being out on the boat, listening to some Chris Stapleton, like sipping on a tequila. It was awesome. I miss summer. Um, I am guessing they felt like this was too country the first time around, uh, but it's it's pretty fantastic song, and I do not mind the country, but I, I realized like where Taylor was at. This album has a lot of different genres on it, which she also talked about, but I bet this felt too much like her roots, and now she can she can do anything. So um, and then of course there's there's all the original songs that were on the album but she's re-recorded them they sound a little different with her with her voice um that has evolved and i think gotten stronger and then obviously gotten older um so i thought i'd run through some of them i know some of you wanted to hear like maybe who these songs are about and this is this is my take um but also like not i'm not out on a huge limb here i think if you like looked around on the internet you'd you'd probably see a lot of this too again like a lot of this is up for debate, though the Jake, the Jake ones feel pretty Jakey. Um, but Treacherous is one of my favorite songs on this album. Um, it always has been. Um, this love is treacherous. It's reckless. Like, that's it's the kind of love I like. Treacherous and rest, restless and reckless and rocky and filled with cliffs and all that good stuff. So this one might be a little bit Connor Kennedy. Do you remember when she dated, like, the Kennedy? He's very good looking. He has a lot of he a lot of like his uh, 
a lot of John John um, in him. You can look him up. He, I, I haven't looked up what he looks like recently. I should have done that. But th- I think there's something that feels very like of the East Coast in this way about the Connor. And so I think it might be a little Connor. Um, but the song is amazing. State of Grace. I mean, really, every song on this album is so good. And, and she truly made it even better. Um, State of Grace. That that that's Jake because I mean it's like I love you doesn't count after goodbye is a, is a line in that song which she basically confirms in the all too well ten minute when she's like you're coming back to try to tell me you love me now also that she talks about twin fire signs in that song too which which they are um, red loving him was red that's Jake baby all Jake I almost do it's like it's all like that that longing like. I almost call you like I almost try it again. You know, all of that. That's Jake. As I mentioned, I knew you were trouble. I think is Harry. Other people might debate that. 22 is about like bopping around with, with your friends and turning 22. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Um, it's, it's magical and miserable. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's life. That's also like your twenties. Um, I was 100% had my AirPods in dancing around my kitchen before 8am making myself a pot of tea this morning. Um, that's, that song is, it's a bop. It's fun. So that's the thing, this album, like it's, it's the emotional highs and the emotional lows. Like you're dancing one minute, you're sobbing the next minute. And that is one of the things I love about it. Um, we are never, ever getting back together. Definitely Jake. You know, with some indie record that's much cooler than mine. You called me up again last night. Uh, again, this was an anthem I needed in my 20s to just be like, no, 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 no. Because the person that I was on and offing with, I feel like he has some of these same qualities that she sings about. Um, stay, stay, stay. Another great tune. I think it's maybe Connor, but it also just might be like a fantasy person. The last time, that's Jake to me. Sad, beautiful, tragic, that's Jake to me. The lucky one isn't really, it, it's like, I think it's kind of a, a, her interpretation retelling of like Joni Mitchell's story in a way. I think it's always been about Joni Mitchell because it's not really about a, a love relationship in that way. Um, I, I, that's what I think and I love because obviously there's, there's a thread of storytelling and writing there and like folk and, and all of that. Everything has changed. I think that's a Connor one. Uh, Starlight is literally about uh, Bobby and Ethel Kennedy. So, you know, do the math there. Begin again, which I referenced a little bit earlier. That has always been hairy in my mind in the post Jake world. And maybe when they met, but they weren't like really dating yet. Cause that, that that timeline doesn't exactly match up but like maybe that's i always thought this back then too so um because i have always had a hairy thing you did just have to get a little older um anyway it's like this world where you know in the song she's talking about like on a wednesday in a cafe i watched it begin again it's like healing from that breakup and like realizing that um Love isn't always pain. And so this world where he's like pulling out chairs and throwing his head back, laughing like a little kid. Um, I think it's strange that you think I'm funny. He never did. Um, 
And then the part about like, she says like, I almost brought him up. And then you started talking about the movies your family watches every Christmas. And for the first time, the past is past. And I just like feel that that's something Harry would have brought up. And that he and Ann and Gemma like definitely have regular movies they watch every Christmas. Like this is a guy who like references the notebook very regularly. Like I feel like this would have been his vibe. Um, it's such a beautiful song too. Like you said, you never met one girl who had as many James Taylor records as you, but I do. That also felt very relatable to me. I was raised on some James Taylor, which Taylor, you know, all that. Um, Blondie and I just have, I think we have a lot of similar tastes, you know? And again, I have, as I have said many times, I would like to be like a big sister, BFF, you know, figure in her life, another redhead named Abigail that she can count on, you know, that's, that's me. That's me. Um, then there's the moment I knew, I think that's a Jake come back, be here. That's a Jake girl at home. I think it might be a Harry too. Like, you know, he was maybe wasn't, you know, monogamous at the time. Um, I think that's most of the songs. If I left something out, God forbid, don't kick me out Swifties. But, you know, this album, as I said, has just always been so special to me. And I've been getting so like misty eyed about music this week. But I think music is one of the most transformative things on the planet. And I think when you find things that you love, that strike a chord deep within you, that that's something so powerful. And Taylor's music has been that for me for a really long time. And it's, it's that for a lot of people. Obviously, I am not alone. You see what her fan base is like and how you could feel like the palpable energy like everywhere around Red Day and like people who aren't necessarily Taylor Swift fans being really getting on board. And I think that's awesome. I am not a person. I think if you listen to this show, you know, like I just want, I love for people to love the things that I do. And I don't want to gatekeep stuff and be like, well, you don't get to know this because you weren't here before. Like come one, come all. If you discovered Taylor Swift because of folklore or not just, I mean, people know who she is, right? But if you started listening to her music because of folklore and then it's caused you to revisit, first of all, I think you'll really like Red um, if you haven't listened to it before. And I think there's a there's a real line from from red to folklore and evermore. Um, Aaron Dessner worked on some of these new re-recordings with Taylor. And I love that she's own she's owning her music now. And I think that's powerful. And I think it's powerful for her and for people who will come after her. And there is something so special about the way that she writes and the way that she looks at the world. And she is truly a treasure and a gift. And she has a gift that is, I don't know where it's from, but it's like not of this earth. That is like a, a blessing and a talent that you cannot learn and you cannot teach. And I think that we are so lucky that she continues to put out so much music and write and share and she was talking about like promoting this album now versus then when she was younger and more raw and she was like I was actually just really really sad because all the stuff I was singing about and writing about had happened to me and I was so sad and I would have to take breaks and interviews to go cry and 
I was so nervous about how it was going to be received. And this time it's so much more fun. And I'm just like chilling with a drink and like, she's obviously in like a happier place in her life, which is awesome. And I think that Joe is like, you know, because I know everyone so well involved here that he seems like a really awesome partner for her. And he, I mean, he helps her write. He wrote stuff on folklore. Um, He's very talented and very handsome. But I think that that idea of like revisiting where you were nine years ago, if you if you were a fan and you were listening to this music and and going back and thinking about that stuff. And then I'm thinking about the way I felt nine years ago, which was revisiting past pain and breakups and feelings from even before that, because as I as I was saying, we're too old for I'm too old for this to have existed when I was 27 or 28. And I don't know. It's really cool. I love I, I I know some people maybe don't like like looking back and digging back in, but I do. And especially when it's about angst and heartache and pain, because, you know, I thrive on that stuff. So I, I hope everybody I hope I made any sense today. Like, I don't even know, because much like going to a Harry Styles show, this entire morning has been like kind of felt like an out of body experience. And it's now I'm it's now like three thirty. And where'd the time go? Like, I don't even know. But I I love this album so much. I have always loved it. I think that she turned a phenomenal album that I think should have won album of of the year back then, but into something even greater and even more timeless. And as like an artist and a creative, that is something to aspire to. And she does inspire me. I'm going to write this weekend. Like I, it's, you know, again, I'm getting hippy dippy and whatever, but I love it. I love her so much. I think we are very lucky to have her in this world. And I also think that I love watching her have fun putting this out and recording it. So I will be right back with some final thoughts in a minute. As always, thank you so much for listening. I mean, have I been like a total insane person this week? Yeah, probably. You know, Taylor week. We started with Harry. We ended with Taylor. That's how a lot of my thoughts begin and end. But um, we know that. We know that I'm never growing up. And I don't want to. And I don't have to. Because I do grown up stuff. And then I can, you know, fangirl. And that's, and it's awesome. And it's so much fun. And I love sad girl shit and sad girl fall it is on next week we're getting Adele (laughs) like it's just gonna nonstop. um I'll probably have to talk about next week a little bit about the the all too well short film uh because I think I'm gonna put this out before that premieres I was gonna say also if you want to feel do you want to feel more sad because I always do um and I think a lot of you do too at least this kind of sad uh, Gracie Abrams' full album came out today. Um, I have mentioned her a couple times. Yes, she is the daughter of the man who gave me Sydney Bristow and Michael Vaughn and Spy Daddy and Spy Mommy and Lost and Felicity and Ben Covington and Scott Smeeman, you know, Carrie Russell. Like, 
Yes, J.J. Abrams is her dad. She is amazingly talented. She certainly comes from the branch of the tree. Uh, she is a branch of the tree of Taylor Swift. She is. Um, there's mel. It's uh, the melancholy is wonderful. It's beautiful. She also worked with Aaron Dessner a lot on this album. Uh, the songs I have listened to so far, I have not listened to the whole album today because I was in Redland. But the the singles she's released so far are absolutely stunning. I love her voice. I love her vibe. I love her lyrics. She's definitely going to be a big star. Um, I was also going to say, my friend Allie and I were texting, and she was like, why isn't Taylor reviving Lilith Fair? And this is a very good idea. And she absolutely should. And I was like, oh, my God, we have Haim, Phoebe Bridgers, Caroline Polachek, Maggie Rogers, Gracie Abrams. Then we'd bring in Indigo Girls, Alanis, Fiona, like the generations coming together. Ash, she suggested. That was another good one. We, we, were, all, we were on the same page with this. So um, Tree Payne, Taylor, anyone um, call us. We'll, we'll be happy to consult as an elder millennial and a Gen Xer. Um, that would just be beautiful. I mean, I'm I'm assuming Taylor's going to tour next year, and so I'll be spending all my money on that. But it, a Lilith Fair situation is, I mean, it's just the perfect time for it. She should do it, and she should spearhead it, and that's that's that should be the thing. Um. So yeah, I was as I said, I I am on TikTok now. There's a at We Have Notes TikTok at We Have Notes Instagram. Putting those on Reels too for people who don't TikTok. Um, I am at Abby C Gardner on Instagram and at Abby Gardner on Twitter. I mean, I've been like social media-ing more this week, not not so much Facebook, but um, everything else. And you could subscribe to the newsletter, wehavenotes.substack.com. That comes out every Friday. It's free, has lots of, you know, all this pop culture stuff in it. And, you know, until next week when I will be back with a regular episode, just get inside your feelings like get inside that 10 minute all too well like let it wash over you listen to nothing new just if you need a good cry like taylor is here for you um i hope you guys have a great week and i will talk to you soon 